Turn in your Bibles to the book of Isaiah, chapter 9, this evening. I had a time there a few years ago where I was hooked on the names of Christ and went through some in this verse and others throughout the Bible. Tonight we're going to share the last one we see in verse 6, Prince of Peace. Charles Spurgeon said that it's as if Isaiah was receiving revelation and as it went through these names it crescendoed to this final name, Prince of Peace. Let's start in verse 1 and read. It says, Nevertheless, the dimness shall not be such as was in her vexation. When at the first he lightly afflicted the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, and afterward did more grievously afflict her by the way of the sea beyond Jordan in Galilee of the nations. The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them hath the light shined. Thou hast multiplied the nation, and not increased the joy. The joy before thee, according to the joy in harvest, and as men rejoice when they divide the spoil. For thou hast broken the yoke of his burden, and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, as in the day of Midian. For every battle of the warrior is with confused noise, and garments rolled in blood. But this shall be with burning and fuel of fire. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. There's a lot of people that make their own attempt at peace. It's funny what comes, this just hit my mind that I, I worked with a fellow at Bluebell and, you know, there were many rejections there. But this one guy, he started listening and, and we talked about a lot of things, of course, salvation, but peace that comes with knowing Jesus. And that was getting him. He didn't like his anxiety. He didn't like the way he didn't feel good about dealing with problems and and man, I just knew the Lord was reeling him in. But he chose yoga instead of Jesus. I checked with him about a week after I gave him room to breathe a while. And then when I said, hey, what's going on? You've been thinking about what we talked about? Yeah, but my wife and I started yoga and it's just great. People make their own attempts at peace. They, they do their own things. They try their own things and their own ability to have peace within. There, there's one guy, and, and he would go swim in a lake. I mean, he had a, a needle in a haystack. He had this quiet, he had the town's best kept secret. 
this beautiful, quiet lake that not too many people knew about. And he would go at just that certain time of the day, a certain temperature, and he would swim in that lake. That was his idea of rest, relaxation. That was his peace. When one day he's out there swimming on the lake, as he always does, and this warm air swooped down on over this cool water, and it just about instantly formed a fog over the lake. It became so thick, so quick, he didn't know where land was. He starts panicking. And he, he swims off in this direction about 50 feet. And he comes to no land. He can't touch the muddy bottom of that lake. So he turns around and he swims the other way about 75 feet. And he finds no land. He, he's panicking. So he's standing there and he starts treading water. I, we used to call it doggy paddle. Is that what y'all call that? He's just sitting there and he's panicking. And he, he doesn't know what to do. And then all of a sudden he hears a voice call out to him. Someone had come by and heard him having a fit out there and he heard that voice and he swam toward that voice and he found the edge of the lake. Man, don't you know he was thankful for that person? Imagine the peace in a sense that came over him just at the time that he needed it. Well, true peace is found in Jesus. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And just like that fellow had a need for peace, everyone has a need for peace. We all have a need for peace. Israel had a need for peace. We see there in verse 1 that it was a time of darkness and a time of affliction that Israel had been through. They had been through many battles. They had been through many tough circumstances. It was a time of war for them. They were full of fear so many times for things that they had been through. Consider all the engagements that they had with the Amalekites. The Midianites, the Philistines, the battle of Jericho, it just went on and on. And even though they were claiming a land that God had given them, they had to battle. And there was so much bloodshed, there was so much hatred, so much violence that God's people had been through. They had experienced so much of this in their furious fog. And then God gives them a voice through His prophet Isaiah. And you think about all they went through and the timing of the revelation as Isaiah tells God's people from God as if God's telling them, I know what they've been through. You go tell them that my son is the Prince of Peace. You know, you think about all that Israel went through in their battles and storms of life. And, and you might think Isaiah might consider that a tough job. You, after all they've been through, you want me to say that? But then again, he might have been excited to do so because that's exactly what they needed. They needed to hear about peace that they could have in the midst of all that they've been through. They needed to hear that there was a person 
who could give them peace, and the Messiah could. They had a need for peace, and so do you and I. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. This verse, verse 6, it tells of the humanity of Jesus, and it tells of the deity of Jesus. It speaks of His first coming, and it speaks of His second coming. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. First of all, He's Prince. That speaks of Him as being Master. He's Chief. He's Governor. He's in charge. He's Head. He's Overseer. He's Prince. It speaks of His authority. He's the Prince of Peace. Peace speaks of the ability that Jesus has. This name of His, Prince of Peace, peace means completeness, and it means wholeness. That isn't found in yoga. That isn't found in swimming in a lake. This is found in the Lord Jesus Christ. The need that we all have is found in Him. They are told that the coming Messiah... is needed by them, and He is everything that they need. They need Him. Oh, how they needed the promise of a person just like this. I was just speaking with someone in the foyer about God's timing. And, and a preacher having no idea what someone needs to hear, but we're just going through a book of the Bible. We're not picking something to preach on. And it's just what someone needs. And God's timing and His revelation to Isaiah to give to the people is exactly what they needed after all they experienced. And we need the same thing today. I believe that God has timing for each one of our lives to be, if we will be, under the word of God, if we will be in the will of God, He has a word for us. Just in that time of what we're going through and what we need, He's got it and it shows up and it's there. And no one who's speaking the word knows anything about it. No one around may know anything about it, but God has timing for you with what you need to hear, with the peace that you need in your situation that only He can give. We need the same thing today that God laid on the heart of Isaiah to give to His people in that day. We need peace more than anything else. Therefore, being justified... By faith, we have peace with God. We have the peace of God as we walk with Him. There was a, a young wisher man and an old wiser man. And the wisher had him a list. He had, uh, he had a list of priorities in life. He had a list of goals. And so that young wisher went to the old wiser man and said, Can I tell you about my list of goals for life? And you can tell me what you think. 
He said, sure, sure, go ahead. All right, well, well, here's my list. First is health. Next is love. And then talent. And then power. And fame. Young Wisher said, what do you think, sir? He said, well, you've got some goals there. Uh, you left out the most important one. He said, what? what's that? He said, peace. You need peace before any of those things. I guess the young wisher listened to the older wise man because he wrote a book called Peace of Mind, and it was a bestseller. Israel and everyone has a need for peace. But as we consider this name in that he is the Prince of Peace, we not only think of the need for peace, but how about the feed of peace? Because peace doesn't come from us. Peace is not something we can drum up. Peace is not something we can white knuckle and determine to have in our life on our own with anything we do, with any good habits we have, with anything we try to adjust in our life. We cannot create peace. Peace is not of this earth. Peace is a product of heaven. The feed of peace. Look, look lack of conflict doesn't give peace. Even if it did, lack of conflict doesn't exist on earth. People change jobs because they don't like somebody on the job and they want to go to this peaceful place. Well, it's even more conflicting over there. You know, people change churches because of someone in the church and that very same person is in another body in that other church. There's a man, they, they just followed me over here, but they look different. They're in a different body. You, you know, there's, there's not a way to get out of a lack of conflict while we're here on this earth. Only in heaven. But peace did come to earth. We couldn't go to peace, but peace came to us wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. The Bible says, and suddenly there was the multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. When Jesus was manifested on earth out of the womb, then the angel said, on earth peace. One church marquee really missed it and said that this peace is the peace that we make one with another. And they totally missed the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes who is the peace for you and I. God is the producer of peace through His Son, Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace. We couldn't get that peace. We couldn't go to that peace. So this peace came to you and I. You know, absence of war doesn't give peace. Accepting someone else's religion sweetly does not give peace. Accepting anyone's morals, that does not give peace. Accepting everyone's beliefs, 
and respecting everyone to have a right to believe whatever they believe, that's not going to keep people out of hell. That's not going to create peace. It's not the way to create peace. Only Jesus Christ, He is the feed of peace. He is the lifeline of peace for you and I in our lives. And we, we need it. I might go back to that first one over and over. Because, because that's what sometimes as Christians, we just can't seem to put our finger on. That's, that's, our, that's our situation. We don't have any peace. And we have peace that afforded to us. We have peace that's given to us. We have a person whose name is peace and he's Lord and Savior. And he gives that. Well, let's look, consider the lead of peace. There is a severe lack of peace in this nation and on this earth. And a virus leaving is not going to bring peace. It's not going to change the condition that's going on ultimately on this earth. But Jesus coming, that will. That's going to change everything. He's coming as president of the world. Israel has troubles, but they receive this revelation that the government shall be upon his shoulder. There's all kinds of problems in the land. There's all kinds of people disrespecting the law and the rule of the land. But the government shall be upon his shoulder. Their present time is tough, but they have a promised end by the proclaiming through Isaiah of a miraculous, marvelous child being born who will bear these majestic names and rule in perfect justice and in perfect righteousness. Jesus is coming again. And He's coming back this time as a roaring lion. And He will terminate war and conflict. And He is going to restore love and order to the entire earth ultimately. A leadership of mercy and justice is going to bring about an abundance of peace. People have so many ideas about peace and they're all going to fail. Because the only one with a plan to bring everything together in one is the Lord Jesus Christ. People in the world call Christians those who are haters, those who divide, when it is our Lord and Savior that would bring everyone together in harmony. The lead of peace. It's coming from Jesus, and He's coming again. And whosoever will can be on the receiving end of this peace. The lead of peace is on its way. Jesus could be coming back any time now. And He's the one with the key to peace. The heed, the heed of peace. You know, there's not just peace for a thousand years when Jesus Christ come back, comes back to rule and reign. 
But there's peace offered for eternity for the one who will believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. That peace with God. Peace with God when one trusts in Jesus. I was just talking Wednesday night about the best thing after being saved. Maybe I need to quit doing this because I keep one-upping it. Because I said the best thing after being saved is leading someone else to be saved. And as I was thinking about security that we have as believers, I'm thinking, man, that's, that's just the best thing right there. We, 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 we have security and that encourages and, and motivates us to tell someone else about security in Jesus that they might be saved. Well, well, what about peace with God? What about when we come to an understanding that we were at enmity with God? We were the enemy of God. We were born the enemy of God because of Adam's sin. And, and coming to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior by faith, for Jesus to save you, all of that enmity is gone. You come to peace with it. No more hostility with God. Maybe you didn't realize that you were hostile with God. Or maybe you don't realize tonight that as unsaved, you are hostile against God. But you make peace with Him. When you trust in Him as Lord and Savior, will you heed the peace? And know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. No one comes to peace unless they first come through faith. Faith in Jesus Christ. And that leads to peace. Peace with God and eternity with Him instead of, instead of an eternity of punishment. That's what happens when we come to peace with God. Peace with Jesus Christ by trusting Him as Lord and Savior. I remember, I remember that day right down the road here in Humble in that church house on Sunday morning in Sunday school when that fog was lifted from me. Just, I mean, growing up not knowing anything really about the things of God. And then... And then this hardened sin nature, and I've come into adulthood already. But I sat there and listened to the Word for, for six months in Sunday school without missing a, a Sunday school lesson. I was even out visiting, and I was in a fog. I was in a fog, and, and, and in one way, I, I just didn't know it until it hit me that I was dead in my sins. And needed to know Jesus. The blind person today is, the lost person today is in a blinding fog, whether they realize it or not, just like that man swimming in the lake. But, but, but maybe someone who will listen to the good news of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ for our sins according to the Scriptures. His name is Prince of Peace, and He gives peace between us and God. And, and may someone become aware of their lost condition. Maybe that lake of life has been just fine for that person, so they think. But then that fog comes, and it makes them see where they are in life. And in that lost condition, that voice of the Word of God comes to that one 
that they might have that fog lifted, that they might have their way taken through and out of that fog, that they might be known, that they might come to the voice of God's Word, believing in Him to be saved. God's not willing that any should perish, but that all would come to repentance. God wants to give peace. He wants to give peace of eternity, the peace of knowing your eternity. He wants to give the peace of salvation, that weight of guilt of all of our sins. He lifts that. He swaps swaps our sin for His righteousness. And righteousness is enough to get you to heaven. Do you understand? Righteousness, in a sense, makes you as good as God. And Jesus became sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. How about that swap? That He swaps our sin for righteousness? And that guilt, that guilt is not, is not a heavy load on us anymore. It's that, that weight is no longer there. Wondering if we're accepted by God, that, that's no longer there. Abraham wasn't, wasn't afraid of the wrath to come. He was the friend of God. He had, he had had righteousness imputed to him by faith. By faith. And he was saved and he had peace with God. Maybe a lost sinner would come to trust the Lord Jesus this evening. Maybe it'll be online, maybe here, and one might be saved from all their sins. That's, you know, it's to to try to articulate the peace that goes on within, it's really something you need to experience. It's really you truly trusting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior to become a new creation and knowing you have peace with God, and you daily experience the peace of God in His will. It's something you need to experience to know. You know, Colossians 3.15 says, As for the ones who are already saved, let the peace of God rule in your heart. It means He's umpire of your life. The umpire calls the strikes, calls the balls. And he calls the shots in the life of the child of God. When we let Jesus be our umpire, he's going to call the shots in our life. And as we move forward, knowing God is in this, and God is in this direction I'm going, and God is in what I'm doing, there's there's peace to be had in that. There's peace in the fact that you can lay your situation on God. No, no, matter, no matter if things seem to take a dip or as things rise to a mountaintop for you, you can lay it on God when you walk in His peace and let Him call the shots. I don't know what might be on your heart tonight. I've heard that sometimes I'm guilty of a multitude of words sometimes in a really long lesson. But sometimes shorter is better. And, and as I started out saying a little something about not knowing any idea about what might be going on in, in your heart tonight. But the answer, it may be something you've looked around at in different things within the aspects of, of God and all of His attributes, but it's peace. 
It's the experience of His peace daily. It's bigger than your situation. It's bigger than the bad news that has come your way. It's bigger than the altering lifestyle that you've had to become accustomed to. His peace. It's more effective than anything you could experience in your life. You have His peace. It's one thing to have it when you believe in Jesus. It's another thing to be experiencing it. And I pray that for all of us. It's probably a popular type of message right now. I had this message prepared long before this stuff came about that we've been dealing with lately. And it's probably popular right now, but, but in all cases in life, all through our life, it's what we need. God has peace for you. That's my prayer for you as we go throughout this week and in the times ahead of us. Wait on God. Wait on God. Whatever it is that you're anxious about. Whatever it is you're just not sure if it's going to happen. Wait on God. And let Him fill you with His peace. That He wants His children walking in His peace. He wants to show off His peace through you to others. Someone else is going through something very similar to you right now. How are you handling it in such an amazing way? That's what drew me to the Lord. I, I saw a fellow, and man, that guy had something that I, I knew I didn't have. And I didn't know what it was. But he, he had peace with all the adversities he was experiencing in life, with all the challenges of parenting and, and raising his children. He knew he wasn't perfect and doing everything just right, but he had peace with God. And he was experiencing it every day, every day of his life. We're going to have a time of invitation, and maybe it just might be a personal time for you right there in your pew. Whatever God has laid on your heart, would you obey Him? Would you move at, at His stirring in your life? Maybe it's something you need to give, give to Him. Maybe it's something you need to confess to Him. It's stirring in your mind and, you, and you've thought God knows it. But it is, it's, so, it's so powerful to release that and to say those words to Him. I don't mean to keep going off that one thing leads to another. And I would go in prayer to the Lord, and my prayers weren't right for six months. Because I didn't bring up something I needed to talk about with Him. It wasn't anything immoral, it wasn't sin. It, it was just a subject that I needed to deal with with Him. And once, I was, I was right in that office over there, and once those words came out of my mouth to the Lord, it was a weight lifted, and it was the experience of that peace. And may, maybe that hits home for somebody tonight. Let us go to the Lord in prayer, and, and you move as God would have you to. Father in heaven, we come to you tonight.
And Lord, I thank you for everything we can learn from all of your many names throughout your word that describe you. And Lord, tonight, you are the Prince of Peace. You have the authority and the ability to give peace to the one who does not know you, that they might trust you as Lord and Savior. For the one who is your child, who really, really needs to be walking in your peace. The peace of you, which passeth all understanding, and it keeps our hearts and minds. We need that, Lord. We need this every day of our lives. And I thank you that you're so willing to to pour it out, pour out a greater experience of it in the life of everyone here this evening. I'm going to thank you in advance, Lord, for what you do. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.